0: Welcome to A Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of A Frugal Athlete Podcast. I'm Amovio Kugo. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, thank you. Uh, today we got a very very special guest someone that i can't even put it to words someone just at the forefront of a lot of different things happening in the nil space in the collegiate space as a student athlete chase griffin quarterback for ucla bruins uh, my alma mater doing some amazing things so we're able to get him today and uh we're going to learn all about what he is doing all about how his mindset in leading the charge with nil is taking place and just to get to know him for a little bit. So, Chase, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. Now, most definitely. So, I know we were speaking offline um, about, you know, do you have a team? And you basically said it's you and your father. Right. So, I want to know right off the bat, how do you do it? Because you're everyone. Right.
1: Um, I think it, it really is a combination of a lot of things. I think when you look at the timeline of my career, I had already done... In a way, brand ambassadorships and, and represented something larger than myself throughout my high school career. Where uh, when my senior year, I was the Gatorade player of the year in the state of Texas, the Bill Foot Top player of the year. Uh, I received awards from the Whataburger and NL. And so I had already done events, done photo ops, done interviews uh, pertaining both to my school and to myself and my community. And I was also the base of my town. I uh, in Texas for around three years, and for a town where I play, that's a huge thing. Just because the football team really is the pride of the area. Uh, we're a one horse high school town, and people love the show Friday Night Lights. And they always ask, you know, is this really how Texas high school football is? Not everywhere, but I was fortunate to go to a school where it was very similar. Every time you come out to the game, everything shut down. Yeah. Everyone is out there. All the students we got, we got probably around seven or eight thousand in the stands, and another thousand just standing around <laughs> watching. So it, they truly were community events. And you get used to putting on a show and being the face of an area and carrying that weight. And I think that translates well to NIL. Just because when I got to UCLA, just like everyone, I was a class of nineteen. Everyone was a class of nineteen, class of twenty, and maybe even. 21, early on, no one was even thinking about NIL. That wasn't something that was, you know, in our minds as far as recruiting, in our minds as far as what can I do in high school to better prepare me for NIL. Uh, I just think I was blessed with opportunities to practice the skill set that translated to NIL. And then when I got to college, uh, I did things in a way where I presented myself as Excellent in everything that I did, whether it be on the field, which, you know, I, I, I'm i very grateful for the blessing of NIO, but uh, I'm not reduced to it, uh, mm-hmm. to say it like I'm also a great quarterback on the field as well. And uh, last time I played, I was the highest graded quarterback in the pac 12 so I was actually on the field and then off the field, I graduated in two years with my degree in public affairs. I sit on the Green Athletic Council. During COVID, I sat on Governor Newsom's task force for returning the train, And I'm the male rep for UCLA to the SALT uh, Pac-12 Council. And so I just did things in a way where both on and off the field, I solidified myself as a natural option uh, to represent, companies represent the school and represent myself in a way that added value.
0: No, oh, that's what it's all about. And what I love about what you said is that, you know, you took what you already had from your experiences and applied it to everything that you're doing in life. Uh, real quick, though, fun fact, because you were born at UCLA, yes. raised in Texas. Now you're going to UCLA. You mentioned doing deals with Whataburger and in and out All right. I got to ask because I lived in Austin. Everyone's telling me the water burger. I'm from California. What is your choice real quick?
1: Whoever tells me what to do first, that's the better (laughs) burger.
0: See, that's, that's the businessman in you right there. Okay. Um, but yeah, let's get back into it. Talk about, you know, representing yourself, you know, like from an excellent perspective, you have to understand, you know, all eyes are on you. You've dealt with that at the age of thirteen, being a child prodigy, you know, being a Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of Texas, and now it's translating into everything that you're doing now.
1: Yeah, um, I really have to thank my parents for that. Uh, completely, you know. Like I said, when NIL came up, I wanted to capitalize on it, and I have. But I was living in a way that could translate to this world for a long time practically my entire life and Mm -hmm. that's just because uh and i was great but i have huge aspirations that would sound grand to anyone and that really comes from the way i was raised and the importance of being excellent in everything and then i guess it could be classified as black excellence because i am black but Mm -hmm. it was more focused on whatever you do do it at a high level yeah i take pride in being able to do that refining my skills and whatever I do uh, to make sure that I succeed. Very competitive in nature. um, And I also understand that in order to be competitive and great at it, you have to put in the work and you have to build a skill set that's translated. On both sides of my family, uh, there's lineage of teachers. My mother is a teacher herself. And I was always taught the skills and the character and the values uh, that I think translate to being excellent in everything that you do.
0: Yeah. So what would you teach any athlete that's trying to follow in your footsteps? You know, I see Chase Griffin, you know, excellent football player, excellent student, businessman um, taking advantage of NIL. So what are like the the five basic principles that you would teach them, you know, in terms of, all right, this is how you, you know, tackle NIL.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, uh, I'll answer this in two questions because I think, Um, five might even be too much i think the number one thing that translates to everything is conviction okay that conviction comes from being yourself knowing yourself and then doing everything as yourself because then you maximize yourself so uh, for me the main thing about me were my values and so i break down my NIL deals into three main sets of values. Number one are personal values. I classify myself as a believer, a winner, and a provider. It doesn't have to be three terms for everyone. Could be one, could be five, like you said. And it doesn't have to be any of those three that I said. I consider myself a believer, a winner, and a provider. So Mm -hmm. when I do deals, uh, first I look at at myself. Am I still remaining true to myself in this deal? Is this deal making me? Do something that is outside of being a believer, a winner, or a provider. And then step two for me is economic value. Is this deal worth my time? Is it on par uh, with other deals that I've done? Is it up to my market level? And when possible, is equity in there for me? And then third is community value, empowerment. How can I use this to either better other student athletes in the NIL space uh, or better the community around me, which is why a piece about my deals goes to the LA grouping?
0: No, uh, so that's what it's all about. So can you describe your like your very first deal? Like how yeah. did that come about? And you know, you speak from a way, you speak from a, a point of, of experience. You know, you're talking about your values, how you go about looking at deals, analyzing deals, but I'd imagine it wasn't always the case. So talk about your first experience. Right. I I
1: mean, I would think that the system I just described was sort of always how I navigated it. But you are right that it wasn't always crystallized like that. Mm-hmm. I sort of realized overdoing deals, um, this is sort of a model I've already been following. I wanted to put it into a way that was understood by you know everyone. As far as uh, my first deal, which was the Degree Breaking Limits team deal, uh, which I'm very grateful to Degree. It was a great deal, super fun. And it allowed me to step into the world of NIO with a number one brand, which is a huge blessing, a huge advantage uh, for anyone entering the market. Um, But uh, the Degree deal really happened because those who are in charge of marketing for Degree uh, in Unilever, uh, which I was a Greek, they, um, they noticed my presence on social media. And I think that the way that my social media is tailored and the content uh, and the authenticity that I bring to it allowed for myself to seem like a reasonable applicant for the Breaking Limits team. Mm-hmm. And then because it fit so well. It was easy for me to be myself and be authentic and to deliver and even over, over deliver uh, a product of value back to degree, which is important. If you want to get more deals, you have to over deliver, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. because the, the next organization that's looking at your degree deal is going to be like, "Man, oh, this kid was awesome.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I could see him or her or whoever doing our deal.
0: And, and then word travels fast, and reputation. So if you if you provide value, you're going to get value back. Exactly. Uh, so I, I I think that's great advice. Obviously, you know, for the folks that may not know about NIL, um, obviously we kind of jumped into it because you are the expert. But there's some people that still are you know new to the space. There's a lot of I, I love this because there's a lot of ties into NIL and UCLA specifically. Uh, Ed O'Bannon, UCLA alumni basketball player, you know, kind of was at the forefront of why NIL is in place today. And obviously yourself, Chase Griffin, uh, you're probably one of the number one current student athletes that's taken advantage of NIL. You're seen as a thought leader, and you also go to uh, UCLA. Um, So that's a fun fact right there that I just wanted to highlight. But for the folks that may not know about NIL and like the opportunity that collegiate student athletes have, do you mind, you know, giving us like a quick synopsis? Absolutely.
1: And you already mentioned it, but I just want to start out answering the question by saying thank you to Ed O'Bannon. Uh, Ed O'Bannon was a player of the year and national champ here at UCLA. He's a legend. Yeah. And he was ostracized for going against the NCAA and EA for using his name and mention like this uh, without permission or compensation. And because of the sacrifice that he made we have NIL today, which is being widely celebrated. Um, So I don't think that the world is done giving and abandoning his roses or should be at all. Um, As far as the overall timeline, there was the suit, and then there was the California legislature, which was at the forefront and a couple of other, especially progressive uh, state legislatures that uh, were putting pressure And the NCA saw that some states were going to have this state legislature allowing and mandating the allowance for NIO for all athletes, and they had to get on board, otherwise there would be a discrepancy in NIO laws, which is Mm -hmm. bad business for NCA. And then once it got to a point where the Supreme Court ruled 9-0 against the NCAA, it, it flipped almost immediately. And so did public opinion. I think it went from around the 30s, supporting <laughs> players getting you know, the opportunity to be paid for their you know name, image, and likeness to around two-thirds and growing that
0: no.
1: uh, overnight almost. And I think what you'll see is for a lot of things that should have happened for a long time, as soon as they do, everyone just as, acts as if it's an And mm-hmm. that is because uh, NIO has been a right that, you know, ethically, uh, as far as equity goes and empowerment goes, should have always been. And I think myself and a lot of other student athletes are very grateful for the opportunity that we have now because of the work of others like NIO.
0: Yeah, uh, that's what it's all about. I appreciate you giving us a synopsis. I know uh, we expect, uh, people to understand but there's still uh, a complex you know situation around Nil in terms of all right which states are allowing it which you know what are the promote parameters around it but um, appreciate that insight uh, for those folks that may not know but for the folks that do obviously you're a leader in the space you're taking advantage of it uh, you mentioned how your first year first deal came came about for folks that you know may not have the social presence you talk about the opportunity to make money but what are some ways in your, you know, from your mindset are the best ways to take advantage of NIL from a monetary perspective? Right.
1: I mean, I, I think I can only speak on my my own experiences. I know that social media is huge uh, in all forms of it and tailoring it to the social media, like your stuff for Twitter may be different than your stuff for TikTok or IG or LinkedIn, et cetera. Um, and then. For, for those who like writing or like you know, creating something, create. At the end of the day, the most important thing is content. So that whenever someone sees your name or someone looks you up or comes across your page, they see that you're doing something. Um, at, at the end of the day, a lot of people believe we're only what we do. And if your page is not really is something that's interesting or something that showcases your talent or what's special to you and makes you authentically you. then how can someone be inspired to work with you just off of your page? And uh, I know for myself, I've been posting more music stuff. That's something that is authentic to me. I love making music, I love listening to music, and I'm developing a skill and a talent with it. Uh, For someone else who's great at drawing or great at painting, They'll do that for someone else who is a great writer, maybe they write articles that are published in their local newspaper. Uh, I would say the key is finding something that's authentic to you and creating a bunch of content that is originally you and broadcast your talent.
0: No, that's what it's all about. Content is king, you know, and if you don't showcase yourself, how are people going to, you know, latch on and understand that these are things that you're passionate about, you know, and uh, what you said about the different forms, whether it's Twitter, whether it's YouTube, whether it's written, whether it's Instagram, whether it's LinkedIn, um, just trying to find your cadence on that platform and being authentic. Because as you know, there's a niche for everyone. Uh, So with that being said, how do you feel about like, these these different marketplaces, you know, having an agent to help you with these things. Like, what what are your thoughts on that? I think for some, an agent is probably
1: great. I know that there's kids out there who are making a lot of money uh, who work with an agency. I I know there's kids who don't have an agent that are doing the same. and I know there's kids with an agent who aren't getting many deals at all and uh, kids without an agent in the same boat. Uh, I think for everyone, and I don't think this pertains just to NIL. probably yeah. life in general, when you have people around you, you have to look for two things. And Number one is competency. Are they yeah. competent? Are they able to do it in the first place? Are they an expert in what they're doing? And number two is can you trust this person? Um, nice. I know for myself, uh, whenever I say, yeah, my father's my point. Uh, that, that should could be a red flag, probably something <laughs> like you know people here like my uh-huh. father, my uncle, my cousin manages like if they're not an expert, then that their, their trust is there, but is the competency there? Uh, well, I know for for my father, he's worked in market, he's worked in this world, uh, so there's also a trust in his expertise, which mm-hmm. is important. Like if my father wasn't an expert, he loves me enough to say, hey, let's go find an expert. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's about the best case for the student athlete. So I'd say the number one two, the number one thing is competency. Are they able to help you? And number two is, are they an expert? And if in the meantime, you're not able to find someone who fits those two criteria for you, or you feel like you just would rather do it on your own, there's nothing wrong with that. And as long as you're creating content and have enough time to... You know, deliver for deals that you receive uh,
0: there's nothing wrong with that no I love that and I think it's really important because there's going to be a lot of people coming in and out um, and whether you use a family member you know you know people will say well they not want your dad to be a LeVar Ball and uh yeah. no disrespect to LeVar Ball because I'm a fan of him I think he does a great job of his, right He's very know, yeah him. he does a great job Good. you know um working with his his sons and i'm sure your father does an excellent job i mean from the outside looking in i already know um, but it seems like you guys have a, a a clear vision of how you guys go about your business right. as i change gears um, before i do when it comes to deals is there anything specific that we need to see from a standpoint of all right you have your deliverables you have right. you know come some of the legal terminology that are in that that's in these deals what are things that if i'm a athlete doing a deal on my own or if i'm working with someone that i got to make sure to look at
1: as far as major pitfalls for deals i'd say number one is don't accept a deal that's beneath your market price Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, i mean that's one of the rules of business don't don't do something for free when you're supposed to get paid for it
0: yeah how do you price yourself like how do you understand your your value
1: right i think partially you know i have an advantage i have prior deals Mm -hmm. but they're also just, as far as numbers go, Like, is this worth my time? No. How many zeros have to be attached based off the time and effort, travel, production that I have to invest in this? Because at the end of the day, they're investing in you, but you're also investing in the process to, to add value back to them. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it as an investment uh, of your own time, of commitment. And, and then-, then uh, i sorry, go ahead. I would say another thing to, to make sure you read the fine print, like don't, don't get screwed over because signed an exclusive deal for 10 years with a company that's offering a hundred dollars to the post. <laughs> and, and the saddest part is like, it sounds wild, but when a kid receives easy hundred dollar post deal through a dm or something like that they're like oh i got to post this picture when me using this product and i get a hundred bucks they're thinking that's a 300 bucks but now they're locked in with that company for a year five years, 10 years over a hundred dollar deal
0: yeah it's just really unfortunate and you bring up a great point like these are things that are actually happening so it's not just you know hearsay these are things that you know unfortunately student athletes have found themselves in um you mentioned equity earlier uh, is there a situation where you only do equity deals or how do these opportunities come? Do they, did they offer it off the jump or you're just like, right. you know, I know my value. I know why you guys are looking to reach out to me. Right. Um, this has to be an equity deal. Right. Well, to this point in time, uh, I have
1: not secured equity in any type of, in any type of organization yet. But I love that. Yeah, it's gonna happen for sure. What the more I build out my deal flow, the more I build out my presence, the more leverage you have um, for for equity. You know, people are always, I guess all the all the lessons of the apples and Facebooks of the world don't give away your percentages. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, it's gonna happen. I think it's important for student athletes to also realize that they're at a point in time where they can find equity in mm-hmm. early in startups just because we were always the only people on campus that couldn't participate in these startups exactly. uh, and i mean you see the first place of the internet who knows who's starting the next amazon the next google uh, the, the next tesla here mm-hmm. on campus right now like i, I Classmates who are geniuses. And uh, for for uh, a student athlete to be able to use their own platform and use their own knowledge and expertise uh, to add value to a startup and secure generational wealth yeah. uh, during their time in college, which a lot of people have the opportunity to do so, uh, and now it's a new world for us, I think is a huge step towards empowerment.
0: No, I love that. How how can you talk about you know how have you been able to open doors to connect with some of these you know companies or some of these people that you may not have had the opportunity you know not only being a student athlete but being a thought leader in your own respective right um, because I know you're you're thinking big vision you know yeah. not just you know potentially playing in the NFL not just you know playing in the Pac-12 but big conglomerate big you know big things. So how are you using your platform, your resources, you know, to network and how can others you know, follow suit?
1: Right, I think it's like what you said, when you keep your vision wide and your perspective wide, uh, you look at everything as a plus. I look at everything as an opportunity. I'm like my father in that respect, we're, we're idea thinkers. As soon as we hear something, even if it doesn't sound optimal, we think how can we make it optimal? How can mm-hmm. we build it off of this? And so I think that gives me advantage because A, I've been blessed with, with a whole bunch of opportunities just in the past year. But now I'm thinking, how can I capitalize on that and double it this year particularly triple it this year? And more importantly, I'm thinking, how can I use the skills that I'm learning right now to build wealth for my family, generational wealth for my family, and end up in the life of public service? Like how can I use what I'm doing now? As far as marketing myself, as far as building relationships, as far as sitting in business and negotiating, like these are all skills that will last a lifetime for me. And I'm learning them at 21 in college, and I'm not even paying for rent. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs>
0: I just look at it all as a huge blessing so let's switch gears obviously this is a full athlete podcast so we love to talk about you know how athletes are thinking about their money in the most efficient way possible you had the luxury or not let me say luxury because you had to put work in behind it but you've had the unique opportunity to take advantage of different opportunities you know and as a student athlete as a businessman um you get that first paycheck you know obviously you're on scholarship you got you got other things that you work you're able to do, but first paycheck from a deal. What, what's your initial thinking behind that? All of it gets invested.
1: So I, I give a, a piece to the LA Food Bank and the rest <laughs> gets invested. I had enough of my stipend, especially now that I'm in grad school, like the grad stipend, <laughs> really well. I don't know how, because I'm living even better. But, uh, but the, the grad stipend is, is double the, the undergrad stipend. So now uh-huh. I'm able to just completely live off of that and uh, I made them invest the rest, so I haven't spent really any of my NIA money.
0: That's amazing, Alan. What's your investment like? Portfolio strategy? How did you? How did you build that up? Like,
1: yeah, I before mean, you had started getting money, it's probably uh well before I had money, it wasn't built up at all. It's probably like a thousand dollars in there, just all of my birthday money mashed up into one account. But uh, now. Um, Probably a couple two risky stocks and the rest in pretty safe stocks.
0: Okay, and that's that's really that's really important to to understand. Like, all right, how did you go about from the standpoint of like getting information, like learning? Like, is there any books that you read? Uh, you know, some people listen to podcasts. Right. I mean,
1: there, there's really for me,
0: uh, as far as investing,
1: I really just pay attention to the analyst reports. No, and then is a the company making money? Like that's number mm-hmm. one. Are they profitable? Are they revenue generating? And are they sustainable? Because as long as that happens, they'll
0: probably do well in the market. No, that's that's really cool. Do you think? Obviously, you are you, you've been on a lot of talks, a lot of panels. You know, discussing NIL and its different opportunities from a collegiate standpoint as a university. What are some things that they can do to help? prepare athletes not only with nil but with the money management for when they do get these paid opportunities
1: right i think that 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 question is sort of twofold because it is nice to have the university support uh, as far as financial education uh, marketing education are these good deals for you etc yeah Uh, and then honestly it helps that uh, it helps if schools are able to help kids get deals
0: mm-hmm.
1: these schools have huge donor bases where a lot of the donors are either uh, c-suite at large companies or presidents and ceo and run these companies where they're the head of the company and the fact that i haven't done a single deal with any ucla alone company uh, at this point, uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say it makes me sad. I've been doing, you know, just fine. Yeah. Uh, but I love my school and I would love to do a deal with a UCLA uh, donor owned company. Uh, just because, you know, four boons, five boons, that would be fantastic. Uh, so I think some schools are already doing that and some schools have a history of having donors. Uh, used to even pre NIL setting up, these, <laughs> types of, <laughs> setting up these, these types of things yeah. with uh, student athletes. And I think that that is sort of just a culture that's created at some schools. Like I'm yeah. from Texas. Yeah. But I, the, those blanket deals for whole teams, where basically if you're on the team, you get a deal, uh, as long as they're within the rules of uh, NIL. I think as long as it's for the benefit of the player and the contract isn't screwing them over, then why not? These student no. athletes add a lot of value to the school. And if you find a student athlete or if a group of student athletes that can add value back to your company, uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't be inclined to do a deal with them.
0: No, I love that. Uh, so I want to uh, stay on this topic of money management. If you were to start uh, your Collegiate career all over again, you know, knowing what you know now. What are some things that you would have implemented already? I'm not sure if I would have changed that much.
1: And Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the reason why I've been successful. Uh, Even prior to knowing about NIL, I was living in a way, operating in a way where I was checking all the boxes. And so maybe to someone else, I'd say live as if you could get paid for living well. Because it, it, in, in the end, now that there is an NIL, those who have been creating content, those have, who have been excellent in the classroom, have been excellent in school, have been participating in extracurriculars, uh, have been separating themselves from the pack by doing well in everything, are reaping the blessings
0: of that hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I, I really like that because uh, everything's hindsight, you know, and the fact that you're already in a good position, is like, what really could you have changed to make that world of a difference? So um, that's, 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 that's a good mindset to have. Moving forward, though, you know, you have such a bright future ahead of you. What's, what are some things you got on the horizon that you're, you know, willing to share?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some things that, that are in the can, some very exciting things I can't announce just yet. But what I'm really focused on now are large ventures with groups that are proven leaders in the industry that they're a part of. So one that I've already announced, I can't announce, UniWorld Group is the largest ad, multicultural ad agency in the world. They're half owned by Monique Nelson, who runs it, and half owned by 49% owned by WPP. They're a big a huge dog in the ad market and um, the student uh, athlete executive in residence or the NIL program, which is the NIL enrichment program where we're creating a space of empowerment and equity for Black student athletes in the NIL space. And I think it's important that these third parties really take initiative to support this new market. The Supreme Court case came out with some great opinions. And one of them was Justice Kavanaugh, who is notoriously conservative. Uh, but even he said that the passage of NIO really is an empowerment and equity opportunity for these kids. And a lot of these kids that built up this college sport pillar of billions of dollars um, and have been cogs in the wheel for over a century have been Black people. And yeah. people who come from uh, low-income households or communities of color. And now that these groups, especially in the day and age of social justice reform in this time, that there could not be a better time to take full advantage of this new
0: market. No, I love that. And congratulations to you on that announcement. I saw it when you announced you. it on LinkedIn. Right, I was sure. like, and it leads me to one of my last questions. How much of the work that you're doing is inbound, you know, deals that are coming to you versus outbound, like you doing the outreach to, you know, reach right. out to some of these teams. For the most part, it's inbound. So especially during season,
1: I was not reaching out to too many companies. They, they mm-hmm. didn't reach out to me. I like starting with discussion and especially having a Zoom talk just like this, because you know, step one for me is personal value. So I want to make sure that. The people I'm talking to are good people and brand is about similar things that I'm about.
0: No, I love it. I love it, man. Chase, before I let you go, how can people connect with you if they want to follow what you're doing or you know potentially get in touch with everything that you got going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh Chase QB11 is my handle on Twitter and Instagram. And then for LinkedIn, it's Chase Griffin. And if you want to check out my beats, I do mixes. I love it. It's just Chase Brick and all oh,
0: I love that. And then lastly, you have any time management, you know, uh tricks, you know, being able to do school, do music, do deals, uh, obviously sports. <laughs> How are you able to make that happen from a time management perspective?
1: Well, step one for me is keeping the first thing first.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, when I signed a literal contract to come in and be on a scholarship, I said I was going to think I was gonna graduate, I was gonna go to class. And I was going to play football, so everything outside of that is really extra for me, I I keep that number one, and then uh, now that I have NIL, uh, when I have a deal, I'm going to commit uh, the amount of hours in an efficient manner to where I can produce something that's excellent to send back to the company, and then as far as the music and anything else that uh, I love, just You know, do it when you have time. Use those as little breaks from your daily work life. That way, you know, when you wake up in the morning and have to head back to the facility or head to class, you feel refreshed and ready to go.
0: I love that. Thank you so much, Chase. I really appreciate you taking the time. For the audience that are listening, Chase Griffin is probably one of the thought leaders around NIL, but that's not. The only thing he does, he does a lot of wonderful things. So make sure you guys check out the show notes to follow all that and more if you want to tap in with what he's doing, killing it on LinkedIn. He's killing it on socials. He's killing it. And I am excited to follow his future endeavors uh, because I know he's going to make a big impact in a lot of ways. But that's it for this show. Hope you guys tune in next week. Thank you once again, Chase. And hopefully you guys have a great time. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode. For more information, check out the show notes and go to our website, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you enjoyed, please leave a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe. Thank you so much.